Canuck Central in the Kintech studio. Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. So, um, got some uh, interesting things happening tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, a special cleaning out the closet edition of Canuck Central. Do we call it that? No, cleaning out the locker room. Yeah, it's cleaning out the locker room. Clean okay. out your locker room day, isn't it? Locker clean out day? Locker Eminem would go. call it uh, cleaning, cleaning out, out the closet. closet. <laughs> <laughs> um, is that song older than you, Josh? Probably. Uh, let me check. <laughs> it very well might be. Like I, I This remember might be listen- a moment I'd rather not like, Man, I was find out the answer to. I remember listening to Eminem. No, I was uh, Mar- I was four when it came out. <laughs> oh my uh, God. <laughs> well, the Marshall Matters LP came out in what two thousand or ninety nine? Yeah, that was good. That was what year was that? Did that come out? It came two thousand. Yeah, it was two thousand. Yeah. yeah, you weren't born yet. I turned two. No, I, I was born. You in were ninety eight. Yeah, yeah. there we go. I was two, two years, years old. old. Yeah, yeah. That was that was that was the jam. That because that came out in spring of uh, two thousand and one. Yeah. And man, that year we listened to that that <laughs> album so much. I mean, that was my summer uh heading into grade 12, so grade 11 hell heading into grade 12 yeah. that summer. And yeah, that was My I name is uh, brings some memories. serious like uh, you know, serious nostalgic vibes back whenever oh, you yeah. hear it. Yeah, Even though it's like not nearly the best song on that album. Uh Oh yeah. <laughs> but it's still fun. Well, it's just yeah. It's just it's more about. I find it when you hear songs that you grew up with your childhood, it has a way of kind of putting you back into that time, at least for a moment. Like, yes, it's you know that feeling sometimes like where you can actually like have the same sensation. You almost like smell something and feel something. It's for it's just for a moment, but it's really amazing what memories can do sometimes and what invokes them and how you feel in the moment. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's like when I hear uh, Azzurro by Adriano Celentano, and I just remember <laughs> like running down the streets uh, with an Italian flag uh, during the uh, 2006 World Cup. Same. Yeah. <laughs> Same. Same. All of us can relate. So uh, what I was trying to say is uh, tomorrow's locker clean-out day for the Canucks, <laughs> and oh, right. we'll be, uh, we'll be uh, with a special edition of Canucks Central Live. Uh, around 10.30, we'll start it up. You'll hear from the players as they speak at the podium. We'll have some exclusive interviews as well. And if you are unable to join us live for that tomorrow, uh, it'll also be available on podcast. So always subscribe to Canucks Central on podcast. That way you never miss an edition of the show and any of our exclusive interviews, inside info, or during the season, which is now over for the Vancouver Canucks, the post-game show as well. So the uh, season in the rearview mirror, there's a couple of games happening right now, but uh, some things got done today, Sat. It was uh, teams didn't even wait for these final two regular season games. It was Black Friday, I guess. Uh, yeah. Since it's Black Monday in the NFL and all the coaches get fired as soon as the season's over, it was uh, sort of Black Friday today in the National Hockey League. And um, the Penguins fired Brian Burke, their president, and Ron Hextall, their GM. That was 
somewhat expected after the Penguins missed out mm-hmm. on the postseason. Also, new ownership was always likely to bring in their guys, especially with the way that this all went down. The yeah. Anaheim Ducks fired Dallas Akins, and the Washington Capitals fired, or they mutually agreed to yes. part ways with uh, Peter Laviolette. Yeah, and usually you don't mutually agree to part ways unless, you know, the organization kind of wants that to happen. <laughs> yes. Know? So it's like amicable split. Hell yeah. I'm Do sure. we have any uh, personal experience with that here? <laughs> here? Um, oh, in Vancouver, you mean? Yeah, yes. Vancouver. Yes, amicable. Yes, very amicable. Uh, which of these is the most interesting to you? Is it the Penguins? <sighs> I'd say I'd say yes. Yeah. Because... I think that we we all kind of know what the Ducks are up to, uh, and we kind of know where the Capitals are trending, especially with Ovi. Like it's it's clear. What are the Penguins going to do? Yeah. And there's been so much talk about the type of management team they may be looking for, and you look at you know their track record with Fenway Sports and the types of management teams they've had in the past and everything. It makes you kind of wonder if they're going to take a new age kind of approach, and if that's the case. Do we see them make drastic changes to the roster and how it's going to be shaped the next little while? Or do they just look at it and say, hey, we just got to ride out Crosby and Malkin and then we'll figure it out? Kind of like what um, Shapiro did when he came in. He was kind of forced to ride it out with that core and then he could do his own thing. You might be forced to do that, but I'm interested to find out if they do. So they just signed uh, Latang, Malkin, and Crosby. Uh, Well, Crosby was already under contract for two more years. Uh, but Malkin and Latang re-signed for three more years each, and actually uh, Latang much longer. Sorry about that. But uh, they just re-signed over the course of the off season, and you, you locked into that that trio again. And yeah. now it's like, oh boy, what do we do here? Um, it's it's a very interesting spot because look, Crosby was great, had over ninety points again this year, but it's just are they enough to carry this team along anymore? And I think that's that answer is a resounding no. Like, there's too many good teams in the Metro. There's too many good teams in the Eastern Conference. And they haven't done well enough in the middle of their lineup to have this team remain a Stanley Cup contender. And given their cap commitments, I don't know how they change it. So Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know either, right? And Brian Rust obviously signed to a super long contract. I mean, right, Brian Raquel Rust is the other guy, yeah. Yeah, and Ricard Raquel signed a contract you know, before the offseason, I think it was. They traded for him last year. He also has a long-term contract. Like They're kind of locked into this team to some degree here, right? And the question is, like, watching Crosby this year, he still looked amazing. Watching yeah. Malkin, he still looked pretty amazing. So why are they not winning? Mm-hmm. What's the issue? Yeah, and especially to lose the way that they did to the Chicago Blackhawks. I mean, yeah. uh, that's a really tough scene. And, you know, I just think the Canucks would trade for for Chris, Sidney Crosby. Like, if he becomes just, available, that's what the Canucks ahead. should do, you know? Hey, man, bring him in. <laughs> no, two, I, two more years. I think he'll cause a rift in the locker room. <laughs> what, he's going to take the captaincy? Yeah. What's going to happen then? He's going to be the captain. He's going to be the new Messier. He's going to force Messier. them to trade Elias Pettersson. <laughs> We're going to start hating 87. <laughs> Crosby comes in. Pettersson gets traded. Oh, man. This alternate uh, reality sounds like a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> chaos. Imagine the shows we could have. That would be insane. No, I mean, the, 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 the way it would have to work would be 
they make Patterson the captain this year. They trade for Crosby at the deadline. Yeah. And then <laughs> <laughs> and take this captaincy away. Penguins' new GM circles back on JT Miller, <laughs> offers Sidney Crosby in return. Unbelievable. Oh, incredible. Uh, oh, and, uh, and by the way, the whole JT Miller thing. Yeah. Do we, is that, you know, the, do we just strike it then in terms of, you know, Miller and Penguins I mean, and Canucks and all that now that the management team's been gonged? Yeah. I think, uh, you can put it to rest, yeah. Yeah. It seemed, I mean, I was never um, as convinced as uh, some of the reporting would suggest on the Miller stuff. You can go back and read some of my tweets, listen to our shows. Um, but it, it definitely feels like that's not a thing for Pittsburgh anymore. They're going to have some really hard decisions to make because Ron Hextall refused to make any hard decisions, and now... <laughs> well, I mean, I, I guess he did add money to the salary cap. I mean, is is adding $10 well, million dollars to future commitments? By, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm being sarcastic yeah. here, Dan. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like By hard decisions, it's kind of like similar to maybe some of the critiques that, that have been veiled at the, the, the Canucks or, uh, front office. Like, you said you were going to make hard decisions, but you're just bringing everybody back, you know? Like, yeah. uh, well, until you know, they traded and, Bo Horvat. Yeah, so they made that move at least. But you're right in terms of, you know, and the move they made at the deadline was to add Mikhail Granlin. Yeah, very That's strange. the move you make? You know, very add money strange. for a winger who guy can play center? I mean, it's just, it just didn't make any sense. Um, one thing I have heard a little bit is uh, Kyle Dubas to the Penguins. Mm, so you think if the Leafs lose or outright, no matter what? Well, Dubas is out of contract at the end of the year. For sure, but do you think he would sign an extension if they offered him one? I think Dubas would have a ton of interest around the league. Well, I don't disagree with that, but yeah. I just wonder, like, if if they have success this upcoming season, yeah, and you know the Leafs are like, hey, we want to extend you. Does he say no to what he started there? Yeah, Pro- probably not. But uh, the door has been left open, and yeah. that that much we know for sure. And the Penguins are very much. As uh, we've, I mean, you just know if you follow Fenway Sports Group, what they've done with Liverpool, what they've done with the Boston Red Sox, Mm -hmm. uh, you understand that they're going to be analytically inclined. And, you know, I think there's kind of some debate as just how much of an analytics uh, guy Kyle Dubas is. But uh, it seems like that's one of the guys they've identified as a potential replacement, should he be available at the end of this year. Um the Ducks one is interesting because the Ducks is almost like this is what would have happened if the Canucks managed to keep holding on to Bruce Boudreaux. Maybe not finishing dead last in the league is the way the Ducks did, but it was pretty obvious early in the year that Dallas Akins was not getting enough out of this Ducks roster. And they just like held on. They're like, all right, I guess we're just riding this out until the end of the year. I mean, as much as we point to the Anaheim Ducks. Like, this is a team, we, we outlined this quite a few times here, but the Ducks were a team that spent a, a significant amount of money long-term on veteran players. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you go and add all those veterans to that amount, to the contracts they gave out. Like, they gave uh, Ryan Strom a five-year deal worth $25 million, yeah. right? They, they gave Frank Vertrano a three-year deal worth $10 million. Both those guys are 29 years old, right? Yeah. They signed Brock McGinn to a three-year contract of $2.75 million, right? And signed Klingberg. Klingberg. Now, they, they flipped him. You can yeah. say that at least a one-year deal. They flipped him at the deadline. They didn't get much in return, but they flipped him. But you don't spend you know upwards of you know over 40 million dollars in total money 
if you're trying to be bottom five bad. Like, they were trying to be better than what they were, but it became clear, like you mentioned, that either the mix and the coach, it wasn't working. And they're like, well, considering the draft, we're not getting in the way of this. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just ride this out. This is this is great. And, it was uh, the right call in terms of the, their draft positioning. Yeah, but they weren't. They weren't like a Chicago or Arizona that was planning to be this bad this year. No. Um, so that would be um, foolish to think of it that way. But and it, there was a lot of people that thought the Ducks were going to make some noise this year coming into the season. Maybe not be great, but maybe end up being a, around a 500 team and they end up being the worst team in the NHL. So tough, tough look for the Ducks. All right, let's let's uh, let's quickly go through some of the, uh, the playoff series here. We have Boston, Florida, Carolina, and the New York Islanders. Toronto, Tampa Bay, New Jersey, New York Rangers, and then in the West, it is the Edmonton Oilers and LA Kings, Vegas and Winnipeg, then you would have Colorado, Seattle, it looks like, although not officially confirmed yet with Colorado still playing, and uh, then it would likely be Dallas, Minnesota as the final series. We talked a little bit about the Islanders in the mailbag, that they could have some upset potential but I guess, you know, one of the big storylines here in the West is um, Colorado. Who is their biggest threat in the West? And it feels like the consensus is becoming the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Like, I think, do we make predictions right now? Do we just do that, or do we just wait? I mean, we can't wait. I mean, we have yeah. to do it before the playoffs. You know? <laughs> I haven't done all my uh, all my research on it. All right, let's start. Let's start then with the with the Western Conference: Edmonton, right, L.A. Go. I think this series is going to be unreal. This is maybe yeah. the series I'm going to watch the most of here in the first round. But Edmonton, L.A. Where are you leaning? Uh, Edmonton. Yeah, I, I I don't think it's going to be easy. I don't know if it goes seven again like it did last year, but. Um, it's it, it is going to be Edmonton. The the ad of Matthias Ekholm has worked perfectly. And to be honest, like the ads that LA made at the deadline have worked really well for them as well. Like Gavrikov has fit in, their decor is more well rounded out. Corpusalo has had the desired effect in goal as well. So both teams look really strong going in. I think Edmonton's just a little too good with Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisidel, and uh, even Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Um Vegas Winnipeg. I'm going Vegas on this one. I think, you know, Mark Stone's coming back as well. I just think they're they're too good of a team, ultimately. And as much as Winnipeg has, you know, s- something to build on, and they have Hellebuck, ultimately I think their overall team style isn't strong enough. And Vegas, especially with how Cassidy has them playing, I just think they'll be too overwhelming. Yeah, Vegas wins that series. I'm, I'm having trouble picking upsets. Uh, w- when I started going through it over the mm-hmm. last little while, last couple days, I'm like... Man, the, the top is just so so good this year. The, but, there really is. You're right. There's seemingly at least there's a real separation between yeah. the tiers. Yeah, uh, I think the second round is just going to be absolutely incredible this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colorado, Seattle, uh, valiant effort from Seattle, but uh, I don't know who's been paying attention. Nathan McKinnon, I guess maybe because he got injured uh, and whatever, like maybe because he won a cup last year. I don't know, but it's just. It felt like his season has gone under the radar, even though I think he's second in points per game only to Connor McDavid this year. I mean, yeah. Guy's got – he's going to hit 110 points maybe by the end of tonight. He's been unbelievable. Scored an incredible goal against Nashville here tonight as well. Yeah, I won Miko Ranton and quietly scoring 55 goals. Yeah, under, you know, <laughs> quietly. How, quietly. 
as long as they're healthy and you know there's some questions around that, I, I don't see uh, Seattle being able to stop Colorado. No, don't see it. Dallas, Minnesota. Dallas. I just think their overall team structure, and I, I like their high end better. Mm-hmm. Um, Jason Robertson might be the best player in the series. I mean, the two best players in the series are on Dallas's team: Miro Heiskanen and Jason Robertson. I'll go Minnesota. I don't think there's a a, a big uh, advantage in goal here for Dallas, like you would expect with Jake Ottinger. Mm. Um, Minnesota, I do worry about the Eriksson Ek injury. It doesn't look like he's going to be able to go at least early on in this series. But I still like their team structure, the way they've played. And uh, Jared Spurgeon was really good in the playoffs last year. That was sort of a problem for him in other years. But I think Minnesota gets it done against Dallas, who I'm not entirely convinced on and the way they finished out this year. Minnesota, uh, you still have some stock in the Minnesota Wild. I do have some stock in the Minnesota <laughs> Wild. Uh, New Jersey and the New York Rangers. Uh, Rangers. I'm going Rangers. I think uh, their goaltending, and ultimately that's going to be my biggest um, reason why the Rangers beat the Devils. I think uh, they have the best goaltender, one of the best goalies in the world, and overall team-wise they're pretty similar, even if New Jersey is a bit faster, a bit more dynamic. I like New New York's defense and goaltending better. I don't think the Devils are fully ready for playoff hockey yet. Yeah, so not yet. Uh, I'll go with the Rangers in this one. Toronto-Tampa Bay. I'm, uh, I'm picking the Leafs. They're finally going to do it. I hate doing this, but I'm going to pick the Leafs too. Wow, both fading yeah. Tampa Bay. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to fade Tampa Bay, and it made me think when Woodley talked about Samsonov and yeah, man, like I, you know, letting I, in I bad love, goals that those yeah, are the worst in the playoffs. They're the worst, right? And but there's some, like as much as I hate saying it about Tampa because I love Tampa so much, watching them play and have so much admiration for them, and and maybe just maybe the playoffs come around, we'll see it. It's impossible. It's almost impossible to do it four years in a row, man. Yeah, like it's like even even Michael Jordan had to take a break after three. <laughs> Leafs uh, Leafs have been really sneaky good defensively this year as a team. It seems like that's been a focus through the course of the eighty two games. And I think Austin Matthews has kind of been saving himself a little bit for the playoffs as well. Expect to see the best of him when this series gets started. Carolina and the New York Islanders. Uh, Islanders, baby, upset special. Uh, can't do it. Carolina's going to win the series. They're too good. Yeah, got to pick an upset somewhere. Can't just be chalk. <laughs> and uh, Boston, Florida. I don't think anybody's picking uh, the Florida Panthers here. Uh no, no, not not doing it. Not uh, doing only it. question is whether or not this is a sweep for me. But yeah, I think so. I mean, maybe they squeeze one game. No, I think it's a sweep. If I'm picking a sweep, because there's always a sweep, I'm picking Boston to sweep, and I'm picking the Islanders to upset. Uh, Those are my two spicy bets. Reasons to watch the series: uh, Shorty and Cheech will be on the call for Boston and Florida. Love it. Amazing. We get some playoff hockey from those two guys. And uh, for the latest betting odds, you can make sure to go check out Play Now Sports, official sports betting partner of the Vancouver Canucks. And uh, they'll have some fun here for the postseason as well. A ton of it uh, at playnow.com. All right. That's it for Canucks Central. We're back tomorrow, 10.30 a.m. for the locker cleanout day for the Vancouver Canucks. It'll also be available on podcast. For producers Elon and Josh, my co-host Sat, I'm Dan. You've been listening to Canucks Central.